Hello again, and thanks for checking out this episode of the Screen Facts with Jason Davis podcast. Each episode, we discuss a movie and share some fun trivia facts about the film during the conversation. Please like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash screenfacts. You can post your comments or questions. You can also tweet me at Jason Davis Voice or email screenfacts at yahoo.com. There's several different ways that you can listen to the podcast. You can get information about how to do that and how to access past episodes of the show by visiting jasondavisvoice.com slash podcast. Please note that since it's Thanksgiving next week, we won't have a new episode next week, but we will be back the following week. Joining me on this episode of the podcast, my good pal, the one and only Eric Wrights. Yo, yo, yo. What's up, Jason? Great to have you back. I'm thrilled. Always, always a pleasure. Love being here. I appreciate it. I happen to know, the listeners don't, that you are a big Monty Python guy. Huge. And somewhere down the road, we might do a, a Monty Python movie or on the two. podcast. Or, or two. two. Okay, maybe. I'm not as much of a you Monty know. Python guy. Right. Maybe after watching one or two of the movies again, I might feel differently. Hey, I let you bring me to a Kiss concert. That's right. So <laughs> I owe you, it's right? It's your time to own up on your half of the bargain there. You had fun at that concert, though. I had a great time, even with that Exca- crazy Except chick for the behind. skank that was behind I us. I didn't mind that skank at all. I did. She I was did annoyed not, as shit, I know. Man. You were ready to hit her. Oh. I was like, no, I, I would never down. hit a woman, but she was so drunk, we probably could have blown on her and she would have fell backward into her seat. <laughs> Yeah, so we're not talking about a a Monty Python movie today, but we're talking about the next best thing, I suppose. Yes, yes. A couple of Monty Python guys in Mm -hmm. this one. A Fish Called Wanda. Great movie. I got to say, it's been a long time since I've seen this movie, Mm -hmm. and I really enjoyed watching it again, and I forgot how funny it is. You know, I'm thinking the same thing. When I saw it, when it first came out, I Mm -hmm. was like, yeah, okay, fine. And then years later, Kathy wanted to watch it. And we watched it, so this is, you know, know, 10, 12 years ago. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, a little funnier. And then when we just watched it just recently, I was like, wow, this was actually pretty darn funny. Maybe, I don't know if it's just the humor appeals to older people, or maybe my expectation when I first saw it was, oh, Cleese and Palin. Right. There's going to be all sorts of silliness and, you know, face slapping with fishes and things like that. (laughs) And when it didn't happen... Maybe I was just, you know, a little let down. Yeah. It didn't resonate. It wasn't that hilarious. Well, that's just it. It's kind of like Monty Python light. Monty Python is very silly kind of humor. Yes. You were thinking that you were going to be getting that, and it's not that. Well, even, you know, the title, A Fish Called Wanda. Right. You're just thinking, that's kind of wacky. Yeah. Well, it makes sense when you see the movie, though. Right. There was more to it than just a silly title. Right. That was the silliest thing about the movie, in fact, was the title. Well, pretty much. John I mean, Cleese dancing around naked was pretty yeah, silly, Yeah, yeah, that was pretty silly. And there's there's a lot of farcical kind of stuff <laughs> mm-hmm. in this movie, and I think that's certainly synonymous with British humor, right? Oh, absolutely. John Cleese actually wrote the movie. Mm-hmm. I have written and directed by Charles Crichton and John Cleese. Well, first of all, this was Charles Crichton's last movie. Okay. He died about 10, 11 years later. Okay. If you research him at all, he was a fascinating person. Mm-hmm. In the 40s, he did a lot of propaganda films. Oh, wow. Um, you know, for the war effort. And then in the late 60s, he worked on the Avengers. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So he was a really cool not guy. Not to be confused with the uh, the Marvel comic. No, not the Marvel, right. <laughs> yeah, the yes, Patrick McNee and, uh, and what was the, Diana Rigg, right? Diana Rigg, yeah. yep. So, but Cleese, and I know you like this, mm-hmm. you really appreciate it when people put their own skin in the movie, like, you know, Rocky. Yeah. Okay, well, sure. John Cleese, he started writing this and he actually invested $160,000 of his own money wow. to get the script going. And he worked on it for a couple of years. Okay. And then 
brought in Crichton. Okay. And they spent a couple years together working on it. And Cleese, being the upstanding gentleman that he is, basically gave Crichton all the, uh, you know, the writing credits. Okay. John Cleese is uncredited as a director in this movie. Mm-hmm. The reason that I brought his name into that part of the conversation was that the studio wasn't thrilled with Crichton being the director. Right. I read that he hadn't directed anything in quite a while. Like 23 years. Yeah. Yeah. And so they weren't sure if uh, if he was going to be capable of pulling well, this off. He was like 71 years old. Okay. You know, so yeah, the, the studio was a little nervous about it. So, you know, Cleese said, well, you know what? I'll be there too. I'll pick up the slack okay. in case he becomes ill or anything. And Cleese did do some directing, mainly with just Palin, so that um, Crichton could start doing editing. Okay. Which actually is how... Crichton got started. Okay. Was really editing films. Okay. Plus, I would think that Cleese directing Palin is going to be a little bit different than Crichton doing it because Cleese and Palin, of course, have this connection Long with Monty history, Python. Yeah, yeah, sure. Absolutely. Very cool. Mm-hmm. I thought it was also funny that Universal Pictures passed on this. Wow. Yeah. But MGM picked it up and they actually agreed and they paid $7.3 million wow. before they even saw the script. Just based on the fact that it was John Cleese. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. And Cleese at that time had already lined up, you know, Palin, Jamie Lee Curtis, okay. and Kevin Klein. Yeah. So I guess MGM's like, all right, that's a pretty safe risk. Yeah, we probably should talk about all that kind of stuff really quick before we get into the movie itself. Yeah. So originally released July 15th, 1988. And as we mentioned, John Cleese is the star, mm-hmm. uh, as well as Jamie Lee Curtis, Kevin Klein, and Michael Palin. Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> we'll get to that. <sighs> hold on, hold on. Um <laughs> Archie Leach's daughter, John Cleese's daughter in the movie, her name in the movie is Portia, is played by his real-life daughter, Cynthia Cleese, credited mm-hmm. as Cynthia Kaler. Estimated budget of $7.5 million, domestic mm-hmm. gross of $62.5 million. This is not one of those movies that you would have expected to, to be a huge box office success. Right. $62.5 million for a comedy that's essentially a British comedy in a yeah. lot of ways. Right, right. That's pretty good. And it took a long time. It mm-hmm. did become a number one, mm-hmm. but it took, like, what, 10 weeks? Yeah, 10 weeks after its release, and it's a record still. Yeah. I oh, really? It's, it's still, still a record. record, yeah. Wow. Well, I guess now, when there's a movie coming out, they just bombard you with ads and stuff, because it doesn't have a big opening weekend. A lot of times, they're out of luck. It's amazing that, that the studio kept it in theaters long enough and yeah. gave it a chance to find an audience, because 10 weeks, if you do the math, that's two and a half months, right? Sure. I mean, I guess maybe it was performing well enough that the studio didn't want to pull it from theaters too fast. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was, you know, number two for, for most of that time. Right, yeah. It's just funny that it took 10 weeks to get that number one because it took 10 weeks for them to shoot it. Oh, that's interesting. Which I thought that's pretty funny. Yeah, I didn't um, realize that. Yeah, they got together. They took about two weeks to rehearse. During that time, the way Cleese likes to do things is they actually kind of did a dry run of the movie kind of like... Um, like know, a play before, almost. Like a play, exactly. So that they can then just add whatever else they wanted to do. And then they started filming. I thought it was pretty cool that all these locations, they were in London, like the Inns of the Court where Archie was working as the barrister. The Old Bailey in London, which was actually where Mighty Python first met to create the group. Okay. So, you know, a little thing in there. And then the Town Hall at Oxford. And also some exteriors were shot around the uh, Oxford's jail. Another funny thing, I thought Mrs. Cody's, mm-hmm. you know, she was the woman, the with, old the woman dogs. with the dogs. Yeah. It's a great gag. Her address on Basil Street <laughs> is where Monty Python had their first meeting. Oh, really? Yeah. I also thought it was really <laughs> cool that, you know, this movie 
You know, I was watching it, and it was like Kevin Klein won Best Supporting Actor. Yeah, and and let's not brush over that because I wanted to talk yeah. about that. You know, comedies are not really known for their Oscar worthiness usually. Right, yeah, and I think we've talked about this on past episodes. But Kevin Klein won Best Supporting Actor for this. He is phenomenal in this movie, Kevin well, Klein. Yes, he is, and so much <laughs> of what happens in the movie mm-hmm. is because of him, right. or it's things that he said. It revolves around him. So in a way, he was kind of like a lead character. Oh, absolutely. But Archie obviously was the real lead character. Now, also, you ever hear of BAFTA, the British Academy of Film and Television Arts? Okay. They awarded John Cleese Best Actor. Okay. And Michael Palin Best Supporting Actor. Okay. And this was nominated for other big awards, too. It was nominated for Best Director and Best Screenplay at the Oscars. Mm -hmm. And it also received Golden Globe nominations for Best Comedy and Best Actress for Jamie Lee Curtis and Best Actor for John Cleese. So there you go. So, yeah, I mean, this got a lot of attention from uh, the awards people, which, again, surprising for, uh, you know, kind of a silly comedy, right? Yeah. Well, it makes me want to look back in 1988 and Mm -hmm. see what other films were up at that time. Was there anything good? You know, off the top of my head, uh, I, I want to say 88 was the year that Big was out, Rain Man, because uh, I remember- Driver. Yeah. I remember when I did Wapner. the, uh, going way back uh, on- <laughs> Sorry. Going way back on the Screen Facts podcast, I did a podcast with my cousin Warren for Big. Yeah. And we talked about Tom Hanks not winning the Best Actor Oscar for that, because he was so good in that, yeah, yeah. you know, embodying a 12-year-old. Yeah. And then it turned out that was the year Dustin Hoffman won for Rain Man. Okay. So you kind of go, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, it's I a little more that. of a weighty kind of thing. Yeah, I could definitely see that. So yeah, so I, I don't off the top of my head remember everything mm-hmm. that was you know going on during award season in 88, but there were probably a lot of movies that were typical awards fair, let's yeah, say. Yeah, right, right. So Fish Called Wanda is the most successful film that features... Monty Python guys. Cleese considers this to be his favorite film, although he considered his previous film, Clockwise, from 1986, to be the mm-hmm. best script which had been written for him as a lead. Well, you know, so also Fish Called Wanda was also the debut production of Prominent Features, which oh, okay. is a company formed by Terry Guillaume, Eric Idle, Terry Jones, and Michael Palin. Okay. So not bad. You know, yeah. your first one out the gate, yeah. really. You knock it out of the knock park. Knock it out of the park. Unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> then they followed up with Fierce Creatures, ah, which bombed big time. Cleese said basically he just regrets that yeah. little portion of his life. <laughs> yeah. And when you talk about it being a great comedy, mm-hmm. you said it's like in the top 50. Yeah, some... Premiere voted it as uh, one of the 50 greatest comedies of all time in 2006. Which at first is like, really? It was that funny? But when you think about it, for me anyway, I think there's just some really great standalone lines mm-hmm. that are hilarious mm-hmm. and they're not your typical, you know, fart jokes or, right. you know, penis <laughs> jokes or anything like that. <laughs> a couple that come to mind is when Wanda and Otto, you know, they're arguing uh, because Otto just keeps making one mistake after the other. And, mm-hmm. you know, she ends up <laughs> and he thinks of himself as an intellectual. Right. You know, because Otto, he, even though he's a hitman. Yeah, because he reads Nietzsche. He says he studies Buddhism. Yeah. He speaks Italian-ish. And, <laughs> you know, fromaggio. Okay, yeah. well, parmigiana. <laughs> Wanda, after having this fight, she says, let me correct you on a few things. And I love this. This is great. She says, Aristotle was not Belgian. <laughs> The central message of Buddhism is not every man for himself. <laughs> and the London Underground was not a political movement. <laughs> yeah, so I just think those are some great standalone lines. And it's just funny because Kevin Klein's character, Otto, he's always trying to not only 
sell himself as this intellect, but he's always talking about how, oh, how snooty and and um, elitist you English oh, yes. people are and everything yes. else. Yes, <laughs> and he's so foul-mouthed. Yeah. Like, he's having this argument with Archie, and he's just like, you limey bastard Fuck face, asshole! I'm like, holy crap, man! And then when he, when he, uh, when he's like taunting the fish, yes. fucking limey fish, limey fish, limey fish. Yeah, you know, you're talking a little bit about some of the names. Mm-hmm. Like there was some fun stuff with names. Yeah, there's some. There's a lot of cool things with names. I thought it was great that the actor Tom Georgeson mm-hmm. plays George Thomason. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, and and then uh, John Cleese, his character is Archie Leach, mm-hmm. which is Cary Grant's real name. And he chose Grant's real name because he was born 20 miles away from where Grant was born. Right. And John Cleese said that it was the closest he could get to being Cary Grant. So, <laughs> <laughs> And what, there was also something with Jamie Lee Curtis, right? Didn't Jamie we? Lee Curtis was listed as Jamie Lee Schwartz on all the call sheets for the movie. <laughs> because John Cleese thought it was funny that her father, Tony Curtis's real name is Bernard Schwartz. Oh, and it is funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then there's a the thing with Otto, too. Otto suggests possible snitches to George, and he suggests Kevin Delaney, which are Kevin Klein's first and middle names. Oh, okay. Yes, right. Yeah. In the uh, Yeah, in the scene when they've, like, turned in George. Yeah. Yeah. I talk about- <laughs> The stuttering. The stuttering. I found it very interesting that his stutter actually disappeared early in the movie when he was talking with Wanda. Mm-hmm. Like, Wanda seemed to be able to calm him down. Michael Palin's father was a stutterer. Right, So, yes. So he used a lot of the real-life experience that he had dealing with his dad when he was playing Ken, mm-hmm. including the fact, like you said, that the stutter was kind of less pronounced when he was around people that he was comfortable with, Okay, Wanda and George. Which is funny, though, and what was awesome, that at the end of the movie... Mm-hmm. When he runs over Otto, yeah, he loses his stutter, yeah. forever. It was like an like an empowering moment for him, exactly. Yeah. And you know, and in the audience, I remember we're cheering for him and mm-hmm. everything. Ken was a tough character. Okay, he had a stutter, <laughs> so what? But that pissed a lot of people off. I would never laugh at a stutterer in real life, right? Or anybody with a disability, for that matter, right? Well, at first, we weren't even laughing at him stuttering. Right. We really weren't. Right. It was more how Otto was reacting to him. Right. That's that's true, actually. And Otto being a dick. There was no laughing. The only time I remember laughing, and I'm not even going to say at Ken, Mm -hmm. is when Otto's like torturing him. Yeah. And you're wondering, it's like, you know, he's got the French fries up his nose. He's got the (laughs) apple or something in his mouth. Right. He can't breathe. And it's like, how the heck is he even breathing? Right. And that's when he like, doesn't he like blow the chips out of his nose? Yes. Right. (laughs) Yeah. So a lot of people got, were angry. Actually, there were people protesting MGM headquarters when the Academy Award nominations were um, announced. Yeah. So MGM eventually donated Hold on to your hats. $2,500 to the National Stuttering Project. Oh, wow. Ooh, big generosity there. Well, Michael Palin went on to found the London Center for Stammering Children after a group of stutterers confronted him regarding the Uh sensitivity with which he dealt with Ken's handicap in the film. Oh, okay. So, I mean, I don't think people were mad at Palin. I think anytime you have somebody with some sort of a disability and it's highlighted in, you Mm -hmm. know, for comedic effect, people are going to get their panties in a wad. And I don't know how I feel. I don't think it's right to make fun of people that are disabled in some way. Right. It's a comedy. But in my mind, we were right. And we weren't laughing at Ken. Right. And and at the end, we were- We're laughing at how how poorly Otto handles that situation. And And then the only time you say, okay, we're laughing at him when Archie is trying to get- Right. But that- 
but that's a situation. Right. It's a, it's like, you know, a stand up comedian right. marrying a woman who he hates the sound of her laugh. Right. You know, it's like, it's just a ridiculous <laughs> situation. So that's funny. So it's funny. ABC TV planned to edit when they were going to show on television. Mm-hmm. They were going to take out a lot of the stuttering scenes. But uh, Cleese and uh, the producer, Michael Schamberg, disapproved of the edits. And they were disappointed that ABC failed to preserve the film's original humor right. by accommodating these pressure groups. I know that when it was shown on TV, I read that they, they cut out the chips up the nose yeah. stuff. They thought that was too much. That was definitely not too much in my mind at all. What would have been too much <laughs> is <you> know, <laughs> when, when Palin's character was trying to kill the, the, uh, the little old lady because that, she, was the witness, right. she was the witness right. to this. And she had three dogs. Right. <laughs> And, you know, Ken was an animal lover. Right. He had no problem killing people. Right. He, he could kill the old lady, not a, not a problem at he all. He had no problem with it. And, you know, there's different ways, you know, he ended up killing all three dogs right. one by one. The third one, when he killed it by shooting the safe, yeah. the safe fell down very Bugs Bunny. Right. I thought. Right. The safe, Absolutely. The safe it's so preposterous. Dog. Oh, ridiculous. Yeah. Or maybe it was, I'm, I'm sorry, I think when he ran over. The other dog with the truck, yeah, and you saw the dog like flattened out, right? Like a cartoon. It was very cartoonish. Like right. they used, you know, straw right. and stuff, right? Because they actually had filmed with using like pig intestines and stuff like that, oh my God. and they just thought, "Wow, this is just too gruesome." Yeah, no, it's that kind of detracting much. away from the, yeah. you know. Yeah, it's got to be cartoonish. Air. Otherwise, it, you start to go, "Oh my god, that's like cruelty to animals, right?" Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so. but but yeah, when he drops, when the safe falls on the dog, I mean, come on, how hilarious. do you not love it? I listen. I love you, dogs. You love dogs. You, you will, I was just gonna say, you will be hard pressed to find somebody who loves dogs more than me. Exactly. And I mean, I've seen you love dogs. <laughs> <laughs> if it gets cold enough. If it gets cold enough. No, seriously, though. I mean, I love dogs. I love animals. And, you know, I never want to see... It's like any... And most people say this, you know, kill anybody you want in a movie, but if something happens to a dog, we go nuts. Oh, yeah, know? absolutely. But in this movie, I mean, I can't even... You know, I'm laughing my ass off because it's so ridiculous. Of course it's ridiculous. How the safe falls on the dog. Right. And then she she's walking away and, and you she's hear... She's got like, the leash, the retractable leash. Right, and you hear... Yeah. It stops and then she follows it back and she's like... Huh? Huh? Yeah. And then, finally... She keels over yeah. from a heart attack. Oh my you know, God. I'm, and he's giggling behind with the crowd gathers around. Right, yeah, the crowd's there and he starts laughing and <laughs> it's like, wow. So in the robbery scene- Ah, oh, um, the robbery scene. Yeah, they're robbing the bank and the I thought the scoring during that scene was very TJ Hooker. That was the note I made. Yes, yes. I, 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 for whatever reason, it just struck me as funny that And I'm wondering very, if that, that must have been on purpose. To give it a little cheesiness, you yeah. think? Yeah, it's hard to say if like they purposely chose like you know cheesy cop TV show music right. mm-hmm. or if that's just what was popular in 1988 or 87 when they made the movie. In 88, I don't think so. I think that was more tongue-in-cheek stuff. That Maybe. W- that I mean, it, it me works. Yeah, oh, it definitely worked. It made me laugh because yeah. I thought, this, this, Very TJ this doesn't go with it. In the scene, Kevin Klein's auto shoots right. a crossbow yeah. at a sensor that opens the... You know, right, the, the safe, safe door. Right, right. Kevin Klein actually shot that. Oh, really? Two takes. He, he nailed it on the second take. Oh, very good. Yeah, which I think is kind of a, a pretty cool that little thing. That is a pretty cool thing. Yeah. Well, he seems like a man's man. He sniffs his armpits. Well, you know, <laughs> yeah, what what was that? In it's the... probably something an ape would do, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, maybe. Yeah. That's but and then, well, in the sex <laughs> scenes, like, yeah, he smells his armpits and he takes off Wanda's boots and he's like smelling her boots. Yeah. Kathy found that hilarious. 
That's pretty like, funny. Really? Okay, it's funny. Yeah. Because because really... it's not just he's not just sniffing. He's taking big That's deep true. breaths that are that are collapsing the boots. That's true. The boot, yeah. It's glad. Then he blows it back up. Right. Yeah. Right. That was, that so was pretty funny. Yeah. When you're talking about a robbery scene, yeah. Um, I really like the scene where Archie is robbing his own house. Yes. And he's you know he's rummaging through the house, and meanwhile Otto has been convinced that he's maltreated Archie, who's really the only guy who can get them. Right. Jamie know, Lee Scott Curtis free. is like, you're going to go apologize to him. Yeah. You know, we need him. He can make you rich. Right. And as he's driving, he's trying to, I'm sorry. He's, he's so practicing. Fucking so sorry. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> and he can't, he just can't right. apologize. He's like the Fonz. He can't, <laughs> yeah, pretty vulgar Fonz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so when he gets to the house, uh-huh. and it's cool, he's trying to meditate mm-hmm. at first. Yeah. He's in the lotus position. Then right. he hears Archie in the house crashing a window. Yeah. Otto doesn't know it's Archie. Right. So he thinks Archie's house is being robbed by a burglar. So Otto goes in, thinking springs into action. He's gonna be he's gonna be a hero here right. and maybe get Archie on his good side. So Archie's roaming through the house, and I love the detail where he's breaking things here and there. Then he picks up this little 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 tchotchke thing, yeah, like a horse or something. Yeah, it's so ridiculous, <laughs> and he just lets it drop and it does a little fist pump. Yeah, like he's psyched I, that he's finally got finally got rid of that fucking thing. You know, and that's <laughs> it. And I love because that little action that. Split second <laughs> yep. just speaks volumes of how just frustrated he's been with his right. life. Yep. How his what he's married to this frigid bitch that just complains about nothing, and he can't do anything right for her. <laughs> and you just like, oh, all that relief. Yeah. But then here comes. By the Otto. way, by the way, we should remind people if they haven't seen this in a while why he's robbing his own house. Oh yeah, it's all the ruse. To make it look like his house was robbed just so he can get Jamie Lee Curtis's necklace back with, the, right. with the key to the safe. Right, right. See, there's so much in this Yeah, movie. there's uh, so many little things that you, you know. Yeah, if we remember. go yeah, we go yeah. out of order, we can't grab everything. Right oh, yeah. So it, go yeah. see the damn movie. Yeah, watch the movie you know, again. Don't listen to us. Loud. But yeah, so he's uh, he goes in there. Otto comes in there thinking he's going to save the day <laughs> yes. and stop this burglary from happening. And he starts beating up who he doesn't know is John Cleese. Right. Is so Archie. He starts beating up Archie. Yeah. And he's like, oh, oh, sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. sorry. Oh my oh, God, I'm sorry. Why, why would you be breaking in your own house? Why are you robbing your own house? And he kicks him he in the stomach. He starts kicking him. And he's like, oh, 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 sorry. 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 <laughs> <laughs> like, so oh my God, it's That's great. why he's so good. He's so good. Yeah. Oh my God, yeah. Kevin Klein, Brilliant. Uh, Love him. Okay. And Kevin I, always wanted to speak. He wanted to speak French. Yeah. Okay. He's always speaking Italian to Wanda to woo her. Klein apparently is fluent he, in French. Right, he speaks French. Right. Cleese said no. <laughs> Cleese has a thing with Italian. Okay. I mean, you go through Monty Python stuff. A lot of it, I think, just has to do with the Roman Catholic Church and mm-hmm. you know their issues with organized religion. So, it's just Italian's just his thing. He likes to you know beat up on. I don't think he really presents the Italian in a bad way. I don't think he's making fun of Italians. For whatever reason, Jamie Lee Curtis gets really revved up by foreign languages in this movie. Oh, and it's great. Yeah, um, so yeah Klein with the, maybe, you know, the Italian, I think because, I, I don't know, my thought is Otto wanting to be an intellectual thing, speaking another language. Right. When they're in bed, and he's saying, Ecco le due cupole del Cattedrale di Milano. Yeah, and I wasn't even going to attempt to say that. Oh, okay. In Italian, because uh, I, I put it into like Google Translate to see how you say it. I'm yeah, like, yeah I'll, I'm going to fuck that Was up. Was I really close? Much. I, maybe. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I just try to pronounce everything. You did it. You sp- did it phonetically. <laughs> That's it. So what does it mean? There are two domes of the Milano Cathedral. 
Well, we all know there are no domes. Right. So that's what makes it ridiculously funny. But he says that when he sees her breasts. Yes. Ah. Her boobage. Her boobage. Boobage. But, you know, it was all covered and everything. Yeah, yeah. But it was still. Yeah, there was no nudity in this movie. No. But Jamie Lee Curtis, there's one scene where she's in bra and panties. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I put put that on freeze frame (laughs) frame. for a little while. (laughs) I mean, I used to. Generally, I don't like short hair, like that short hair on women. But man, I was thinking about it. it. Just Who else pulls off that her. look? Nobody, right? She Demi just... Moore, like there was a time that Demi Moore had a short, like Ghost. I yeah, think. yeah, and she looked like a little boy in Ghost. Jamie Lee Curtis, I don't know, maybe it's just the way she carries herself or something. She, yeah, no. uh, she's just all woman. It's so she's, she's cool curvy as shit. and sensual. She's very cool. Yeah, yeah. I was, and watching... she's married to Christopher Guest, so you gotta love her. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know. She's definitely got a sense of humor. There. Yeah, yeah. She's on um, that show Scream Queens on Fox. Oh yeah, and she's very good on that too. As we're talking about languages, yes. and you know, she gets all horned up on Italian. <laughs> well, then, you know, she says to Archie because now she's she first is trying to just work Archie over, get right. information from him because right. he's the lawyer. She's just trying to find out where the jewels are, right? Yeah. Well, she ends up falling for him. Right. When they're together, she says, "Do you know Italian?" So he starts saying, "I am Italian." And he starts going off and she's like in the other room. Right. She's losing it. Yeah. But then he says, oh, it's such a vulgar language. How about Russian? And he starts reciting this poem called The Prayer. Right. And I just, it's a hilarious scene. Right. Where he's bouncing around that apartment. In his underwear. He, in his underwear. He's taking his clothes off. Right. And, you know, he's putting his socks on his face and all that. And then when he's finally completely naked. <laughs> the family walks in. The family walks in. And he turns around and he quick grabs the uh, the girl's face yeah, in the, the picture. The, the, wife's p- picture. the wife's picture puts it right in front of his boys. Yeah. That was great. Yeah, and in the meantime, you know, he's he's saying all this stuff in Russian and Jamie oh. Lee Curtis is on the floor just writhing in ecstasy. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and Kathy, we're watching that and she's laughing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, should I start speaking Russian? I mean, I'll <laughs> I'll learn Russian. Yeah, whatever you whatever it takes, sweetie. <laughs> um, another hilarious thing. Um <laughs> And it's a very Monty Python thing Mm -hmm. where they take a language Mm -hmm. and they do something with it. So at the dog's funerals, the little choir boys Mm -hmm. are singing, Miserie Dominus, Miserie Dominus, Canis Mortus Est. (laughs) You know what that translates to? Have mercy, Lord. Have mercy, Lord. The dog is dead. <laughs> like, there you go. Just the idea that they would have like the funeral service for the dogs is really funny. Yeah, too. and then having a choir. Well, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. two boys, but yeah, yeah. still. But yeah, it's, yeah. it's very that. funny. Love that. Another one of my favorite auto lines. Mm-hmm. He says that he's going to meditate. Mm-hmm. The monks use this meditation technique before going into battle. <laughs> really. <laughs> Did monks go into battle? I don't. I don't think so. Well, if they were Buddhist monks, and the essential thing of, of Buddhism is every man for man himself, for then maybe I guess they did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's obviously picked up bits and pieces of every quote unquote intellectual thing that he could get right. his hands on, but he's got it all mixed up in he his gets brain. Gets it backwards because yeah. he's not. He's not very bright. Right. He thought the Gettysburg Address was where Lincoln lived. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Another great line. Yeah. So we got to talk about the scene where Kevin Klein is eating all of the fish. Oh, He's got Ken tied up. He's trying to find out where the jewels are. Right. He's trying to get Ken to talk. So he has him tied up and he's going to torture him. Yeah. And he's, he's sitting there eating a plate of French fries or as they re- are referred to in merry old England, chips. Chips. Yes. And what goes well with chips, these boring chips? Oh, 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 fish. fish. 
And so he starts eating the live fish out of Ken's fish tank, his beloved pet fish. Oh, and Ken that, that, is that, just beside himself. Right, and that Otto keeps referring to as insects. Insects. He, dogs, too, he calls insects. Right, you know, yeah. any pets, right? Mm-hmm. Lest anyone be concerned that Kevin Klein was eating real fish. Which he said he would do. Right, he would do it. He would actually eat some real fish. The filmmakers would not let him do that because they, yeah. first of all, I, probably not just the filmmakers, there are laws against stuff like that on movie sets. Probably, yeah. Yeah, so they made the fish out of jello for him to eat. They but look they, really good. They look real. I they mean, it's very real. convincing. And tasty. Especially when he finally puts Wanda in his mouth. Right. And the tails are, the, the tail thing is kind of hanging out of his mouth right. a little Cause, bit. Because, you know, he's real. Because at this yeah. time, by that time, he's mm. eaten like 40 fish. Yeah. And I love it. He's like, mm, uh, oh, the green ones. The green ones. Stay away from them. They're not ripe. And <laughs> it's like, that's so sick. And Palin was so good yeah. at just showing yeah. this distraught and yep. this overcome with, you know, yeah. sadness. It yeah. was fantastic. Meanwhile, he's got French fries up his nose. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. There's an expression in the world of comedy. If something succeeds in making people laugh, they say it killed. Right. Well, this film literally killed. 1989, a Danish man named Ole Benson literally laughed himself to death during the scene where uh, Ken has the chips up his nose. Oh, man. His heart rate went between 250 to 500 beats per minute. Whoa. And he went into cardiac arrest. Oh, crap. The story goes like this. Benson had made a joke a few years earlier with his family during dinner where he put a piece of cauliflower up his nose and then he asked everybody else at the table to do the same. Mm-hmm. And they made a bet who could eat their carrots without the cauliflower falling out of their noses. Oh my gosh. I want to be invited to dinner at that house, That's right? a fun house. So when the scene comes up with Ken with the chips up his nose, yeah. he started remembering the, oh, the, the, you know, the family man. dinner and he just started to laugh so hard. And originally, you know, people thought, oh, that's an urban legend. It didn't really happen. Right, but his right. son actually confirmed confirmed, confirmed the story. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. That's so what? Wow. Well, that's, obviously, that's a sad note. That's kind of a weird way to go out, right? It is a weird way to go out. I don't leave on such a sad note. Oh, well, well our right. hearts go out to that family. My dad died watching a movie. Watching a movie. Watching a comedy. Yeah. He laughed himself to death. And I sued MGM and got a million dollars. Oh, I don't think you can sue for that. No. I'm not a lawyer. They say you can sue a, you know, <laughs> ham sandwich if you want. I don't know what you're going to get from a ham sandwich. Probably no money in it. No, but there's <laughs> bread. Oh! <laughs> well, Eric, I think that's a perfect way oh, to end this podcast. <laughs> Yay. I'm done. Me too. Thank you. I had a great time. Thank you for coming in. Always a pleasure. (laughs) (laughs) Appreciate it. Yes. And thanks to you for listening. Don't forget again next week for Thanksgiving week. We will not have a new episode. We will be back the following week. Have a happy Thanksgiving with your family and friends. And please remember to like us on Facebook. The page facebook.com slash screen facts. If you have any comments, questions, any uh, scenes we didn't talk about you want to mention, that's where you can do it. You can also tweet me at Jason Davis Voice. You can email ScreenFacts at Yahoo.com. Show theme music by Audionautics.com. Special thanks to our announcer, Kim McKay from Kim'sVoice.com. Don't call me stupid. Screen Facts with Jason Davis is a production of Jason Davis VoiceOver. Visit JasonDavisVoice.com if you need a voice for a commercial, narration, promo, internet video, e-learning or training program, and more. Click on the podcast page to get information about where you can download and listen to past episodes. Listen again next Wednesday for a new episode of Screen Facts with Jason Davis.